a lot of people have in their mind is the AI has to be perfect. And that shouldn't be the test. But the more your business take advantage of that ability to digest a lot of information and answer complex questions, that can be valuable. You are listening to CEO Perspectives, a podcast by the Conference Board. Welcome to this episode of CEO Perspectives, a signature series by the Conference Board. CEO Perspectives are conversations that take an objective, nonpartisan look at a range of subjects that matter most to business leaders. I'm Steve Odlin from the Conference Board and the host of this series. And in today's conversation, we're going to discuss AI, artificial intelligence, and the CEO, specifically how CEOs should think about generative AI's impact on their business, and what are some of the risks and benefits involved. Joining me today is Joel Trammell, an entrepreneur, author, and CEO in the tech space. Joel is currently developing a chat GPT-powered tool for managers, as well as a whole lot of other things he's going to talk about today. Joel, welcome. Great to be with you, Steve. So, Joel, tell us briefly about your background and your work so far in AI. Yeah, so I guess I'm one of those old guys now that, uh, you know, I go back to 1985. I was uh, getting an electrical engineering degree, and but it would have been a computer engineering degree, but my school didn't have that. So I took every computer related course I could take. And one of those was an AI programming course. And of course, you know, that's almost 40 years ago. And the thought at that time was AI was was right on the precipice. It was only five years away from dominating and being the the technology that you need to understand. And of course, we had to wait kind of 35 years or 40 years for that to happen. But now we appear to be on that that precipice. Yeah. So you were working in AI long before anybody knew how to spell it. <laughs> well, it, it wasn't even brand new then, but it was certainly, you know, thought of as, as the cutting edge in the future. And it had certainly, you know, it has had many applications over the years, but those applications have generally been pretty narrow and very specific. And, you know, obviously the new revolution is something that's a little more uh, general and has applications in broader range of fields. Well, you know, I think a lot of people just started hearing about AI recently, and obviously ChatGPT was part of that. But, you know, just back up for a minute. Uh, not everybody knows what AI is in general. Give Give us your view of how you would describe it. Yeah, well, AI is generally described as, uh, you know, trying to teach computer systems to mimic human intelligence. And uh, But when I say that, I always put the caveat in, uh, we're not really trying to mimic human intelligence. We're trying to mimic perfect human intelligence because we're not trying to create a computer system that makes as near as many mistakes as the, the typical human does in doing any process. We're trying to create kind of a perfect system to augment humans and provide just another better tool in the arsenal to be productive. So, you know, am I oversimplifying it in, in saying, look, folks, this is this is just the next evolution of software, but it's software that works more a little more autonomously. And, you know, at some point, you know, people are saying it may it may approach sentience, but, you know, we're not you know, we're not nearly there yet. That's right. We're not we're not to the point where you've got to walk down the street and wonder whether that thing walking next to you is a human or is some sort of computer creation. We're a long way from that. Well, and, we work at, we work in New York, Joel. So, you know, <laughs> we walk down the street and wonder about a lot. So, <laughs> yes, you know, and uh, we're, we're not trying to to mimic the, the human. I mean, one of the examples I use is if we created a computer that perfectly mimicked that you couldn't tell the difference between our current president and the last president, 
uh, whether it was real or not, I'm not sure that would provide a lot of value to people. So, hmm. that, you know, that's an opening for uh, for a late night show. But uh, all right, so so that's sort of what AI is now. Now, a lot of CEOs are just trying to get their arms around this because this, you know, admit it. You know, AI has sort of been the realm of you know the IT, the CTO, and the CIO. You know, in the past, it's kind of been in the background, but it really is is pretty core to differentiation of of company strategies now. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and obviously it's industry by industry and use case by use case. But, you know, one of the fundamental differences this time, previously AI was in the realm of, of STEM, t- traditional STEM uses. The people who excelled were the, uh, you know, the math types and the, and the programmer types. The interesting thing about this technology particularly chat GPT, the generative content, and then the ability to generate uh, graphics and images from verbiage is that, you know, it really leans heavily on language skills, and it also leans heavily on artistic skills, being able to recognize what is a good graphic or whatever. So, I, you know, I wrote a letter to my company a few months ago that that was really a fundamental difference, that the people who are going to excel probably in implementing the latest technologies it was kind of going to be the revenge of the English majors and maybe the philosophy majors over the STEM people who have, you know, kind of owned the last few decades from a technology perspective. Well, and that's because, you know, the latest evolutions of AI have have really gone into more generative AI, which is generating text, it's generating art and, and images, and it's, you know, it's generating music and, and so forth. So it's 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 really the newest, hottest evolution, isn't it? That's exactly right. And so the applications are in those areas of, of, you know, creating content, answering questions, the, you know, we're well past the Turing test model of can a computer mimic a human in such a way that the person on the other end of the conversation can't tell the difference. And, and certainly with these new generative models, they can carry on natural language conversations in a way that just wasn't possible only a few years ago. Well, so how should CEOs be thinking about their business models as it relates to AI? I mean, should they be thinking about radical uh, transformation of business models, or should they be just thinking about this as AI as tools that help them speed and you know more efficiently affect their current business models? Yeah, I think it certainly depends on the on the type of business you're in, right? So there are certainly areas, you know, obvious areas of usage, customer support. Uh, you have complicated customer support where you've got to ingest a lot of information, have a lot of information accessible at a given time and be able to answer fairly difficult questions. AI obviously can perform now at a level equal to or superior to humans. And, and that's really important, the test. I think a lot of people get confused when they talk about AI. Car driving is a great example where the test a lot of people have in their mind is the AI has to be perfect. And that shouldn't be the test because, you know, in cars, for example, you know, 35,000 people in the United States are killed in car wrecks every year. The test should be, is AI better than the human driver, right? And so the same thing from like a support perspective, AI doesn't have to get every question perfect because anybody that's called a customer support line knows that sometimes you don't get the right answer from a human either, but can it be more efficient? Can it be more effective? in providing service to the customer in that case, absolutely. So the more your business take advantage of that ability to digest a lot of information and answer complex questions, 
that can be valuable. Obviously, some businesses that's only going to be in the support area or in a minor area of the business. Others, it could be major. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting. We always look at these uh, these tech breakthroughs and we say, okay, this is going to transform the world. I remember a conversation with my daughter about 10 years ago where she was, you know, really excited about, as you said, autonomous driving technology. And, and she said, in five years, nobody will be driving cars anymore. Well, that was five years ago and everybody's still driving cars. So I think, right. you know, it, it, you have to, I, I think you have to look at these things as iterative kinds of transformations and you know new technologies come along but you have to figure out how to use them and and you know it takes it just takes while so you know i i don't think we should be thinking about how taking over the world tomorrow right <laughs> no i i have no concerns i mean i've read you know i read the letter that that some people wrote around uh that I, that is at this point not my concern um uh, that that's going to happen. I mean, long term, could could something like that happen potentially? But yeah, we're still a long way away from that. Yeah. So, what, what do you think are some of the top risks and you know, alternatively benefits of the tools that exist today? Yeah, I, I think you know, I think certainly every CEO should be investigating and have active programs to to jumping in to seeing where it can provide value in their organization. Uh, you certainly shouldn't just cover your head and say, oh, you know, that that sounds science fiction. We're not going to fool with that. So I think you've got to be engaged. And again, the skill, uh, interesting, you know, I repeat, the skill set you may be looking for is different than what you've traditionally been looking for in technology. So you, that's an opportunity maybe to, to find the right people in, in this space. I think, you know, the risk is you certainly could be left behind from a productivity perspective if you're not taking advantage of these tools, just like when computers first became available, when word processors first became available, when Excel first became popular, nobody did hand calculations for stock analysis anymore. It was all in an Excel spreadsheet. And so, you know, you're certainly going to see that areas that are commoditized. You know, I think there's a great opportunity in some of the legal areas where we've, you know, we've got so many laws, no lawyer could possibly know what all the laws are and, and uh, simplify laws and, and contract writing. And some of that stuff is an area where this to me has tremendous potential, but it's not going to do everything for you. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's an interesting way to think about it. And there's, there's also risk to this, to the implementation here, you know, particularly when you, you don't know where the IP has come from, you don't know what's happening to your IP you don't know who you're stepping on from, you know, potential discrimination. So, you know, these are all the things. What are some other areas that business leaders should be worried about? Yeah, I, I think it's it's unknown yet how IP is going to going to play out. But I think what we've seen, you know, over the last 20, 30 years, IP has been harder and harder to defend in the information economy. No longer can is the secret sauce going to be protectable. And so speed to move is is often the the uh, protection against that, your ability to move faster than your uh, opposition, even if they know, you know, pretty much what you're doing and how you're doing it. So I think you have to, that's, you have to certainly take an active approach here and, and try to use, be ahead of on using the technology. You know, in one of the most recent conference board surveys about AI, we asked what positions in the company people thought that AI could you know, would really endanger, in other words, be able to be replaced. And one of the top 
one of the top positions that was in danger was the CEO. <laughs> you know, I, I, how do you, how do you feel about that? I mean, I well, that, believe I, that there's leadership, leadership is still required somewhere. Well, yes. You know, there, I have mixed feelings on that. You know, I spend a lot of time trading CEOs and, and trying to explain to them how the, how to do the job. But, you know, if we're honest, most CEOs, certainly a large percentage, 50, 70%, depending on what kind of numbers you look at, uh, fail in the job. So, and it's not a very well understood job, in my opinion. Uh, most people don't get to do it for very long. They don't get multiple stints at doing it. So you don't get the opportunity to learn about it. And so it doesn't surprise me to some extent that they feel a little like, hey, maybe there's some AI out there that could do this better than, than people are doing it currently. CEO job certainly requires having access to a lot of information and the ability to digest that and keep that relevant. And certainly there are plenty of CEO uses. Uh, before uh, I did this interview, I asked ChatGPT all the questions I thought you might ask me and uh, reviewed those just to see if there might be any ideas that uh, I wouldn't uh, have thought of. And uh, certainly CEOs can use it in that manner to answer difficult questions, to prepare communications to the company and say, how might this be received to the company, personalizing communications to the uh, to people as well, understanding people's personality and saying how, if I, I'm talking to this type of person, would the communication best be received? These are all certainly uses that could be valuable to the CEO. Interesting. You know, Jack Welch uh, once said to me that uh, a bad business model will eat any CEO, no matter how good they are. And a good <laughs> business model will make any CEO, no matter how bad they are. So, you know, there, yeah. you know, there is the variability of, uh, of the business model and how it fits the times, right? Sure. There's a lot of luck involved, you know, in successful businesses getting the timing right. I mean, you know, a great example, Tesla with the electric car. People think Tesla invented the electric car. And of course, if you know the history of the auto industry, there were electric cars competing with gasoline 100 years ago. Electric was the first kind of dominant technology. And then many people tried along the way. And finally, Tesla caught it at just the right time. Now, was that Elon Musk's brilliance or the timing right? Who knows? But uh, both played a part, probably. Yeah, and I'm voting for Steam personally. <laughs> yes, Steam was originally a uh, well-used uh, propulsion system as well. <laughs> yeah, you wait, it'll come back. <laughs> so we're discussing AI and its impact on the corporation and CEO. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Are you ready to transform your business and stay ahead of the competition? Artificial intelligence is quietly reshaping the global economy, optimizing manufacturing processes, and transforming how users interact with popular platforms. Harnessing the power of AI can exponentially enhance your business's effectiveness and efficiency. However, navigating the risks associated with this transformative technology is critical. Privacy, integrity, the economy, and humanity are all at stake. That's why the Conference Board is your go-to resource for the expertise and foresight you need to leverage AI to its fullest potential and make strategic moves that propel your business forward. Unlock the possibilities AI offers your business. Visit tcb.org AI today to access trusted insights for what's ahead and guidance on navigating the AI transformation. Welcome back to CEO Perspectives. I'm your host, Steve Odlin from the Conference Board, and I'm joined today by Joel Trammell, an entrepreneur, author, and CEO in his own right. Okay, so, you know, we were talking about, uh, before the break, about how AI is 
is transforming the organization. How does it impact organizational learning and development? Yeah, I, I think that is a huge opportunity. Broadly, teaching is, is something that I think AI can be very good at. Teaching needs to be individualized to the pace of the learner. If you've ever done much teaching, you know, sometimes you need a heck of a lot of patience and, 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 and taking things in small bites. And those are things that AI can be particularly good at. There's an MIT professor, Ethan Mollick, who uh, shares on Twitter often per various prompts he's used to explain. He'll say, you know, explain this concept to me like I'm a 10 year old or something. And, you know, hey, I can explain it at that level. Then, OK, explain it to me like I'm a college student or whatever. And so uh, I think, you know, learning and development is a huge opportunity. That's where we're doing some work around uh, helping uh, managers and uh, leaders who often face difficult questions, having a kind of a thought partner that we can pair them with, that uh, they don't have to worry about, is the information confidential? Is somebody going to tell what they said or whatever and can help them solve difficult challenges in the in the leadership area? Yeah. Now, we, you know, we talked about AI and what CEOs should be thinking about and so forth, but it really impacts th deeply through the organization, right? So how do you think, you know, what do you think are the, are the applications of AI that sort of the middle level or frontline managers should be thinking about? When you're trying to understand something in, in a short period of time, so, you know, gathering lots of information, summarizing, kind of capturing what is the current best practice, what's the current norm in an industry, those kind of things are, are AI is very good about. Uh, it may not come up with the latest cutting edge because basically what AI is doing is looking out, at least the generative uh, you know, content models, are looking out in the world and guessing what the next word should be based upon all the data that they have assimilated. So it's very good at kind of capturing what I would call the, the zeitgeist of the current thinking in any area. So if you want to develop and test your strategies and how people are going to react to things broadly, uh, those are all uses that I think uh, have interest. Uh, creating ideas and saying, you know, what are different ways we could approach this problem and just being a thought generator. I think that's also particularly valuable. Yeah. And, and it goes back to, you know, linking the learning and development side too. I mean, it, great frontline managers should be good teachers or good coaches. Absolutely. And, you know, it can, it can actually help them be better at, organizational learning and development rather than in, in addition to directly for the individual. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, everybody, you know, I mean, anything, a lot of people don't appreciate the fact typically when you're building a company, you hire a bunch of people who are in a job for the first time they've done it because that's the reason they took the job. Most people don't go take the exact same job they've already done before. People, the good people, of course, want to move up. And so not only are you as a CEO potentially in a first-time role as CEO, but but your, your first-level manager, that's probably his first time he's been in that role. And your director, that's the first time they've been in that role. And so building these continuous learning organizations is critically important if you want to be successful. Yeah. And, you know, if you are brand new in leadership, you know, your first question is, well, OK, you, you're faced with an opportunity or a problem, however you want to however you want to term it. And what do I say? What do I do? You know, this is the kind of thing that AI can actually help coach, you know, a manager on and help them be better coaches for their people. 
Exactly. And starting, you know, starting with a draft is always a lot easier and refining the draft than it is starting with a blank sheet of paper. How should I send this email? What should I say? What should I think about? Right. Yeah. And, and you know, that then that goes kind of to, you know, the, the old fashioned way of thinking about apprenticeship. Now, apprenticeship and the trade still, you know, it, it takes, you know, some hands on learning, but but apprenticeship from a leadership standpoint is it was always dependent on the previous generations of of leadership this this helps speed that and you know maybe gives you some new things to think about that maybe your organization hadn't considered and leadership is something of course that has been written on extensively so it's not hard to gather you know the information gather the best practices really the challenge with that is curating and again, this is something that AI is good, is simplifying it down. What are the top three things I need to think about? Because there are you know, thousands and thousands of books and tomes on leadership and management, obviously. But so, you know, one way of thinking about it is AI is just a fancy search engine, but it just takes it one more step and, and puts it together that's in a form that's, that summarizes it rather than you having to go through every website. Yeah, I mean, it, at a simple level, you know, original search, Google search was keyword based. Uh, we can now use natural language idea based searching, if you want to call it. Uh, and that is a, you know, that's a whole different level of complexity and value. So one of the things that companies are are really wrestling with today is this shortage of talent, especially in certain skill set areas. And, uh, you know, I think the latest numbers are that there's probably around 10 million job openings just in this just in this country, how does how does AI alter that perpetual war for talent? Yeah, I, I think you know that that's always great people, as you well know. You know, great people are are always worth their weight in gold, and they're always hard to find. And and as CEO, you have to build a organization that understands that the only real way to grow your organization is to attract great people and make them productive as quickly as possible. And so there's always going to be a war for the for the best talent. Uh, AI certainly, again, can help in some of these areas, can minimize some of the repetitive tasks that maybe don't have as high value to the organization. But, I, you know, we, we worried when cars came along that we we're going to put all the horse people out of work. And we worried every time there's been these changes in technology that there wasn't going to be any work for people. And instead, we've had the opposite impact. We've had more jobs available. And, you know, you have then different needs for proficiency uh, as well. You know, we, we've been talking about AI more as a discretionary tool, you know, a really good one, but a discretionary tool for for leaders and uh, at all, all levels. But is it a prerequisite now? Is AI a prerequisite for certain roles? Yeah, I, I think it's quickly becoming that way in, in certain areas. Uh, you know, content generation, marketing content generation is an area where, uh, you know, sales enablement, some of those areas are areas where you're really probably behind the curve if you're not already engaged in some sort of use of the technology, customer support, Again, often, you know, a lot of companies struggle with having the resources to provide customer support at the level the customer would like. This could commoditize that function, make it much more affordable and able to service people uh, much more effectively. And so I think in some of those areas, if you're not already engaged, pretty full-throated on a project uh, to use it, I think you're behind the curve. So if you, if you're a you know a senior leader and you, you know how to spell it, you've read the articles, uh, you kind of know how it's used in the company. How do I how do you get started personally? 
Yeah, I think you just got to jump in, right? There's nobody who's an expert per se. I mean, there's nobody that has more than a you know few months of experience. <laughs> so you've got people running around saying they can do great things for you because they've done it once. And so, you know, at this point, it behooves you to jump in. And, and that's what really reminded me. And when I wrote the, the memo to my employees, I was like, this feels very similar to when I was 15 and went to a science fair and saw the first real personal computers and some of the uses. You knew it was going to be a big thing, but there was nobody that knew everything about it. And you just had to jump in and start playing with it. And, and you know, if you wanted to be good. And uh, I think this is kind of the same thing. Uh, nobody knows the answers at this point, but it obviously is a valuable technology. And I think the people who leverage it and get good at it, it's going to provide tremendous career value to them. You know, over the holiday, summer holidays, I was at a family gathering and we had a bunch of young people around. We were talking about something and uh, people were talking about whether, what, you know, da, 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 da. Anyway, I whipped out my phone and fired up chat GPT and, uh, and found the answer. And you had, I heard this, this conversation in the background. Is he using chat GPT? How does he know how to do that? Isn't he too old for that? You know, and it, <laughs> you know it's an app essentially that you download <laughs> and you, you know, you just, you just have to start using. So you just, you can't fear it. You just have to, as you say, you know, somebody got to, maybe somebody has to show you how to download the app or sign in or whatever, but, but just start using it. Cause it's pretty intuitive. Yeah, I think, I mean, the big thing is you don't think about it, right? I, I, one, one story I tell, I remember when my, uh, you know, now 20 uh, year old, but was five or six and you're trying to get her to go to bed at night and she's asking the questions that only five or six year olds can ask. And, you know, I'm like, I don't know, dear. I don't know the answer to that question. She says, just Google it, dad. Exactly. Yeah. Ask ChatGPT. She knows. And that's no. right. Now a six-year-old is going to say, just ask Siri, ask ChatGPT. They're going to know the answer, right? Yeah. And, you know, Siri and Alexis have kind of uh, introduced us to ChatGPT and some of these other AI tools. And that and that's, you know, so if, you, if you're not used to it, that's, it's, it's the same thing. It's like asking, yeah. asking Siri. Any other applications in business that we haven't discussed that you're talking about? Well, I think, you know, that's the thing is there are going to be many creative applications, just like the Internet opened up all kinds of business models that we didn't think about before because they just weren't possible. I think this generative AI broad field is going to open up many business models that we can't imagine. Now, in retrospect, we're going to go, why didn't we think of that? Because it was so obvious. But uh, uh, because you have this commoditization of uh, content generation and conversation and and even graphics and images you know you've got all kind of things going on and that's why the writers in hollywood i guess are on strike because they're scared they're going to be <laughs> replaced by some chat gpt clone well that's a good way to guarantee it just to go on strike and, <laughs> and you force everybody to start using it i'm not sure i think i would show up for work it's the first thing i would do if i didn't want ai taking my job so any other uh resources that you're pointing uh ceos and other leaders to consult yeah so i follow you know i follow numerous people i mentioned ethan mollick professor at mit very cutting edge on using it talking about its uh, appeal in education there are several blogs and podcasts that I think are, are valuable depending on, you know, kind of where your industry is and where you come at this from. But again, it's brand new in the in the grand scheme of things. And so the best way to learn is to try it and see how it works for you and see what you can get out of it. 
So don't worry about being behind the eight ball on this one. Jump in, you know, download an app or two and just start start playing with it. That's right. Then maybe maybe give it to your kids and let them play with it too, and and uh, they can help you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they'll 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 tell you what you're missing. That's right. Joel, great to have you on the show today. Thank you. Good to be with you, Steve. And thanks to all of you for listening into CEO Perspectives. Every week, I'll be joined by a prominent thought leader to provide insights on the issues of our time. We'll cover leading topics in economics, public policy, ESG, and more. Please share CEO Perspectives with your colleagues, with your friends, with everybody who knows how to spell AI. I'm Steve Odlin, and this series has been brought to you by the Conference Board. You have been listening to CEO Perspectives, a podcast by the Conference Board.